Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this April the 9th in the year of our Lord 2020. And it's kind of an unusual day. It's Monday, Thursday. Tomorrow's Good Friday. Uh, normally, in past years, we've been off the air and they play music, but because of the coronavirus, we're able to be on the air since we're actually from home doing our program. So we're going to be on tomorrow, also Good Friday, but today is Monday, Thursday, and of course on this, I'm Tom Baker, and with me is our regular guest and host for Rumination Thursday, Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Well, I'm doing really well, but boy, did you ever hit a home run on this one. Those of you who've been <laughs> listening to Rumination Thursday probably realize that Wes is the one who finds the subjects for us. And I was trying to figure out how's he going to find a subject for Monday, Thursday, that would also be involved with a coronavirus. And he did come up with a, a good one, even though it is from 2006. What happened in 2006? Well, let me just say this before I turn it over to Wes, that our congregation, my home congregation, St. Paul de Pere, has been distributing the Lord's Supper to 10 people at a time on Saturday, Sunday, and I believe also now on Wednesdays. They phone ahead of time, they make an appointment, and you can come in and receive the Lord's Supper. Well, I'm sure some people are thinking, well, why can't we just be at home and perhaps the pastor phone us and say the words of institution, etc.? So this is a subject that I think is really important during this virus experience. And I don't know how he found it, but Wes found a 2006 event that actually talks about this. And what I'd like you to do, Wes, is to begin with how the event occurred. Okay, yeah, it was, I had to do a little bit of digging to find this one. I was doing a lot of different research, and I happened to run across this one. Back in 2006, uh, in one of our districts, there had been a Monday Thursday event where a large congregation had, had uh, tried to re replicate what they thought was a, quote, upper room experience where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. By you that, know, I mean... It they, might, uh, Wes, it yes. might be best just to read the letter from the district president, because that oh, okay. really puts it in good shape, beginning with on Monday, Thursday. On Monday, Thursday, the pastors wanted the members of the congregation to have a better sense of the dynamics that were present in the upper room when... Jesus first instituted the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. They had members of their individual care and share groups, approximately 55, come together at the church, and they were instructed concerning the procedures to follow with the groups on Monday, Thursday. They were given a DVD, 
that that's important, a DVD, wine and hosts, and an order of service to follow their groups at a particular time so designated by the pastor, each uh, leader would in turn on his DVD and the pastor of the congregation would consecrate the elements via the DVD for the groups assembled. In turn, the leaders of the groups would distribute the elements of presence. So what they had done is they met in groups in the, in the homes and used a DVD in which uh, the pastor would consecrate elements and then they would pass out the, the elements uh, to each member. And thus they thought they were celebrating the Lord's Supper. And they were doing it because they wanted a better sense of the dynamics that were present yes. in the upper room. What do they mean by that? Well, to what to, to share the moment together with one another in the physicality, I guess. Yes, in a small group, and that uh, the pastor then would buy DVD. Now, that's kind of interesting. I guess they... Well, they had phones in uh, 2005, so I don't know why they didn't use a phone. But the pastor would have to, yeah, probably was unable to phone everybody who was doing it. And on this DVD, and that's kind of recording device, that they would listen to the words of institution. The pastor would say them, and they therefore came to the conclusion that that would be a valid Lord's Supper. But there's another important point that needs to be made is that some people would have doubted whether or not it was a proper Lord's Supper. And that's going to be important because we have what's called a CTCR. It's a Commission of Theology and Church Relations. And they just so happen to address this issue and and put out an important item on February the 18th, 2006, adopted unanimously. So the CTCR takes theological questions from congregations or officials of synod and tries to work them out. Uh, basically, what did the response of the CTCR come up with? Well, the the the, the uh, practice really uh, took away from what, we, what I call a direct presence. One of the major findings of it was the Lord's Supper was instituted by Jesus with his words and actions spoken and carried by him in direct presence of his disciples. That part of the of the uh, giving of the Lord's Supper was. First of all, in a congregational worship setting, and uh, the first supper with the disciples, and, and it's something that we practice today together, along with the the elements. So, one of the things that uh, I took away from it is is the fact of being able to get together physically and celebrate the Lord's Supper. But it has to be in the presence of the pastor that the words alone were not going to be sufficient. In fact, uh, here's what they wrote part that I really was uh, very happy to see. 
whenever the actual words and actions of the celebrant in consecrating the elements are intentionally separated by time, distance, or technological means from the distribution and reception, no assurance can be given that our Lord's instructions are being heeded. And that's really the critical point, I think, of the entire answer by the CTCR. The assurance that you're having the Lord's Supper needs to be done in a way that people are sure that they're receiving the body and blood of Christ. Right, and it goes back to that direct uh, presence that they're all together assembled in a, in a worship sort of setting uh, that it happens for the for the, and it's keeping in mind that the supper there is there for the strengthening of sin, faith and the forgiveness of sins. Yes, uh, for example, there are some congregations. In fact, I just talked to one of our listeners yesterday. She had phoned me, and she was in a Bible study using Zoom. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. <laughs> yes. So here's the question I have for you. Zoom is a method by which you can not only see the pastor on your computer screen, but you can actually see other members of wherever he's at, and you can talk back and forth with him. Would you think that that also would be in an inappropriate way to celebrate the Lord's Supper? It's not inappropriate to have a Bible study or even a, a worship service, but the celebration of the Lord's Supper, because the CTCR said, as we read, that even if there is a technological distance, it cannot be assured that you're receiving the Lord's Supper. That, yeah, see, and I came up with that, that, that same question. There's a technological difference going on. So there, according to the CTCR, we're not receiving the Lord's Supper at the same, same way. Yeah, there's something else that goes on with a pastor. When you and I give out the Lord's Supper at the communion rail, our task is more than just to say the words and more to distribute the body and blood. There's another task the pastor has when he's facing the lineup of people ready to take the Lord's Supper. And what is that task? Are you referring to who's worthy or who should yes. be admitted to? Exactly. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I did not recognize someone. Yeah, my congregation for 28 years was in a area where there were a lot of people who were not Lutheran, but would come visiting. And therefore, they were unaware of, even though we had it in the bulletin, you know, not to take the Lord's Supper if you're not a member of the Missouri Synod. Uh, they were a little confused there. And so I would often stop in the distribution, walk up to them, ask them if they were a member of the Missouri Synod. And if they said no, 
I said, I'll give you a blessing now and we'll talk right after the service. And so that's not possible to be done uh, if the pastor is not present in the room. Right. No, I know of a congregation that handled it very, very simply. They, on the day they had communion, they sat them. Uh, they sat all those that were going to take communicants on the pulpit side, and all those that they were weren't going to take it, or uh, they thought were visitors. They put them on the uh, lectern side. Uh, and, the reason I don't like that is husband uh, and wives would be separated. The children would be apart from the parents because they're not taking the Lord's Supper. Uh, there's too many problems with that division. You know, I we agree. used to have a division where the males were on one side and the females on the other. And um, no, I, I think especially, let's say you brought a visitor to church to hear the pastor. And then when you walked in, I'm sorry, you can't sit with him. That That's right. just not right. Oh, no, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. Eventually, the pastor was able to get it switched to where they would do both sides. We had a very simple thing. If you're a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and you're visiting, please talk to the pastor before the service. Boy. And if you're not a member of the Missouri Synod, he'll be glad to talk to you after the service. It was really hard to explain to someone why they couldn't take the Lord's Supper before uh, the service, you just don't have enough time. There's too many things going on. And um, we can talk some other time about what I would say to those people. But getting back, you, you made the first point that uh, the actual words uh, are not sufficient, which is kind of interesting. This is point two. This practice lends itself to the unscriptural notion that the body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper are present by virtue of the incantation of the pastor in some way, shape, or form, rather than by the gracious power of Christ and his word. What's the CTCR saying there? Well, what they, what they are saying it isn't just the words spoken by the pastor or the pastor himself speaking it, but that it is through Christ's word and power that makes the sacrament. And, uh, and it's not just through the mere sound or recording of the voice of the pastor. Yeah, that that's Christ's excellent. Body and blood uh, imagine a, a DVD. <laughs> well, you could take the Lord's Supper anytime you wanted then. Yeah, just fire up the DVD and you're ready to go. And then you could sell the DVD to others. That gets to be a problem then, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. What it does, it casts doubt as to whether or not you're really receiving the true body and blood of all of Jesus Christ. And, and that's why point number three they make the focus is not to be, oh, I heard the words of the pastor. No, the focus is always to be on the gracious words of Christ. And, and people who are on a DVD, they're going to be thinking more of what the pastor is saying, rather, uh, namely his voice, rather than 
what is really being said by Jesus. Right. And one of the things, I, I went back and looked at uh, our Luther small catechism that we use, and, and it brings up the fact that we, we do this in a congregational worship setting. And that's why I, I refer to the, the CTCR when it says in the direct presence of the disciples. There's a direct presence of us being held together, and we focus on on Christ and his power his word and not, as you say, on, on the pastor's words. There's another thought that came to my mind is that you do not have to have a pastor there to celebrate a different sacrament. You mean baptism? Yes. Hmm. For example, I had one of my members call me uh, he was at the hospital with his wife. They had a baby, and the baby was near death. And I knew I wouldn't be able to get there quick enough. In fact, they were going to fly the baby to a different hospital for better care. Um, in, in the long run, the baby did continue to live. But what was my instruction uh, to my lay member? Yeah, well, we call that kind of like an emergency baptism. Exactly instruction on how to baptize and there is no such thing as an emergency lord's supper <laughs> that is true you so know. baptism can be done by a lay person but the lord's supper is very clear from jesus point of view that it's done in with and under the direct operation of a congregation being together. Now, I don't have a problem. For example, we go and see shut-ins. Every now yeah, and then, gonna... the shut-ins mother or father or brother or sister are there, and they're also members of the congregation. I always ask, would you also like to receive the Lord's Supper? Now, there's an example where I have communed up to four people in their house but there's no problem with that, do you think? Hmm. Well, are you going off of the passage, too, that says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am present with you? No, I wasn't thinking of that. It was just that <laughs> the, the pastor can commune shut-ins, and we don't have to take the bread and the wine from the altar to do that. Hmm. Well, it's interesting. I, it's, well, that brings up the question that you know, I'm glad you brought it up. How is doing this different than doing this electronic uh, technological thing? In some people's minds, because they're Zooming, that uh, it's still okay. No, it would not be if there's not the presence uh, of the pastor there because as far as the Bible makes clear, the pastor is the one in the uh, dissemination of the Lord's Supper. And well, you would be, be you'd be talking about physical presence. Yes. Yeah, because they would say, "Well, he's present over the Zoom," you know, technologically. Oh, he's able to uh, check out everybody is appropriate for the Lord's Supper. Right. No, he would not be able to. I agree no. with you. Yeah. 
So that was just something that came up in my mind that we want to make it clear to people that an emergency baptism is permitted to be done by a lay person. Uh, the Lord's Supper uh, would not have been. Now, I do know that in Nazi Germany, in concentration camps, the women were often separated from the men. And in that case, there was actually women who consecrated the elements. But in that case, the congregation or the women in that concentration camp had elected or decided or chosen to make that person kind of the head of the congregation in that situation. So I don't mm -hmm. have a problem with that, even though it's a woman who's giving out the Lord's Supper. Yeah, it really um, brought up a lot of things, didn't it, this Cornelius virus? Well, I don't know how you found it. It was It's perfect for our time. And therefore, I think the closest we get to this is through Zoom. Or, uh, for example, I'm going to be suggesting to the congregations I'm serving that we get on a conference call. In other words, they phone a certain number at a certain time. I can have up to a thousand people on there, although I don't think I'll get that high. But at any rate, <laughs> and we can have a half hour Bible study and it won't cost them anything at all. Well, there you are. But I yeah, would not do the Lord's Supper during Supper. that time. No. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the big difference right there is you're still being able to teach in the Word of God, but uh, not all the elements of the Supper is put together in there. It's quite a quite a, a time we're living through right now, very unique. Yes, although we haven't experienced it to this level, uh, you found from 2005, 2006, uh, questions that were answered in such a way that can be helpful. And there's two points I want to make that is made in this article you sent me. The church's primary concern, therefore, is rightly to follow the Savior's guidance. And anything that causes a doubt should not be done. I'm not saying it's not the Lord's Supper that they're receiving, but I'm not sure. And so that causes a doubt. And the final point is right at the end. The sole purpose of the response on the part of the CTCR is to promote and encourage the proper practice of the Lord's Supper in faithfulness to the teaching and example of Christ. So... So here comes the Hina clause in the Greek. Well, what's the purpose? So that doubts and questions may be replaced by faith in Christ's gracious word, promise, and presence. I, I like that because it talks about the, the whole presence of the sacrament being in the congregation with the pastor present, with the congregation present, and everything distributed in decently in good order. I, I know of some uh, denominations that hand out, um, well, crackers and tell people to drink Coca-Cola, and they think that's the Lord's Supper. Well, that would cause great doubt. 
Uh, I know yeah. of a congregation that actually used uh, hot dog buns and Coca-Cola for the Lord's Supper because they thought it was a fellowship meal, and that's how we do fellowship meals. Right, and I've even seen it with Coca-Cola and Oreo cookies. But okay. these were places that were representational of the supper. They didn't see it as real body and blood. Okay, thank you very much, Wes Reimnitz. Great choice. And we'll be back, God willing, next Thursday, continuing. Tomorrow is, we call it Open Mic Friday, but I've still got a number of emails I'm going to be responding to, so you won't be able to phone, but you can email me at longgospel at lawandgospel101.com. At 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.